Hey, listen, this is Jeffrey Morse. I'm here, joined this week by Nathan Wagner. <laughs> Nathan Wagner is... I am here. <laughs> Nathan Wagner has joined us here on Skype this week. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> and then we also are joined, uh, rejoined by our friend Rob Douglas. Hey, listen, we're back. We are back here with a special first ever episode three, part one. We will be doing a 15 minute part one episode right now. And then we will be following this up with a part two episode while we are all together here. We are looking into hopefully in the next week or two being able to um, increase the amount of time we can uh, record per episode. But for right now, you're getting two 15-minute episodes. And uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right into our first topic, which we are just going to really focus on all things E3 this episode. Um, so we're going to start off by talking mostly just about Zelda here. And then we'll <laughs> of go... Course. Of course, Zelda. And then in some of our other anticipated E3 games. So... Um, Rob, why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off here? All right, so one of the big questions that came up from Zelda and all things Zelda this year is Zelda seems to be going in a completely new direction from some of the past game experiences. And the big debate right now is, is Zelda actually open world, or is this new game what was referred to as open air? Hmm. So... One of the big things about Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game, is, you know, this is one of the first games Nintendo is, seems like they've really kind of taken a look at what other people in the industry are doing, you know, with games like Skyrim, Shadow of Mordor, Assassin's Creed, and they're really kind of expanding, you know, getting rid of a lot of the more conventional Zelda um, formula that has been in the past games. And um, one thing that I saw was... It looked like in part of the trailer, you could see an island floating in the sky in the background of like Hyrule or wherever you are in Breath sort of the of Wild. Sort of a throwback to uh, Skyward Sword. Yeah, and like, can maybe you go back to Skyward Sword? Like, because theoretically, part of the island is still up in the sky after the events of Skyward Sword. So maybe this is a direct sequel to Skyward Sword and you're the resurrected Link. What do you think, Nathan? Um,. I've heard all kinds of crazy theories on this uh, Zelda. I've heard a bunch of theories, um, it being after Wind Waker, um, with the Great Sea being drained in Old Hyrule, I've heard. Um, Skyward Sword. Um, it'd be interesting, I think, with Skyward Sword, because um, we didn't really get to fully explore that world. That you kind of, There was kind of three different areas that you got to, got to kind of check out, but you didn't yeah. really get to go in between those and stuff like that. So I think it would be cool to fulfill that world i don't think nintendo is super worried about where it is in the timeline or anything like that i think there's they just want to make a good game and then they will probably try and fit it in their timeline um wherever it makes the most sense yeah i think as far as their timeline is concerned i'm pretty sure for most of the games that are out there i i agree with you nathan i believe it's probably most likely right after skyward sword because that seems to be the place that makes the most sense but i feel like with their timeline it's more of throwing darts at a board and helping you land somewhere in the middle <laughs> than actually planning this out. Yeah. And- no, no. I think there's a, there's a bunch of uh, kind of Zelda nerds and stuff like that who are kind of obsessed with the timeline. Not, and, not uh, you, of course, Nathan. Their, other Zelda no. nerds. I, I'm kind of other an interested, <laughs> interested follower. But, uh, but if they had it their way, they would like place, this is where it's going to go in the timeline, and this is how we're going to make this game because of it. Nintendo does it the opposite. They're like, we're making this game, and then they're like, uh, we'll put it here. It makes the most sense right here or whatnot. So Yeah, and I think that is a good thing that, you know, they're not really 
I mean, Zelda games do have good stories, and it's interesting. You you do play it, you know, to find different parts of the story. But you know, I think it's more important that they really focus on, you know, okay, what makes this Zelda game unique gameplay wise? You know, like what kind of weapons are you having? What does it control like? Do you ride a ship? Do you turn into a wolf? Do you use the Wiimote to move the sword around and solve puzzles? And this one, it's looking, you know, like all these amazing, incredible different things you can do in the open world. Um, like I was, I watched a video on IGN and they had a feature about all these different small things that they noticed in the E3 demo. And uh, two of the things that I thought was really cool was when you open chests, you know, before you had to like stand right perfectly in the front of the chest, push A, you know, do a little animation, you know, da, 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 and you get the thing when Link kicks it. But now you can just go up to the chest at any direction, just push A and he'll kick the chest no matter where you are and it'll open and you get the item. And if Link happens to be barefoot, like, you know, he doesn't have any clothes on because you can change the outfits of Link, and he kicks it, it'll still open, but then Link will grab his foot and go like, ah, because it'll, like, stub his toe. (laughs) So, like, all these little things like that. That's another big thing that, I mean, we obviously should probably mention. You can change Link's outfit. Yeah. (laughs) And not just in the simple way, like, Ocarina of Time, where you could take the, you had the uh, fire outfit and then you had the water outfit and then you had your normal green one no you can change everything on his mm-hmm. outfit like yeah. a typical normal rpg all yeah, the different I'm pieces rob, of equipment i feel like this will be the zelda where maybe rob you'll really enjoy or would get really excited about because you love rpg and it's it has a lot of seems like rpg mechanics where your weapons take damage and they do different mm-hmm. damage types and stuff like that so yeah i and- think as long oh, as yeah. they do it the right way and implement it in a way that it still feels like Zelda, it will be really good. But, um, and I That's... trust them with that. I just don't want them to go like super too far RPG to where it doesn't feel like a Zelda game anymore. But I think they'll do a good job. I think that's kind of the balance between open world and open air. I mean, open world, you're looking at a game where you can basically go wherever you want. You can do what you want. There's, you know, quests, but you can do them out of order. You don't, there's not really, you know, a timeline or time limit on how you complete things. You can choose what your outfits are and all this stuff versus like, you know, what does even an open air game mean? And with the Zelda universe, They've had you've had the ability to kind of go through the games and go where you wanted, but you had to complete quests in a certain order. Yeah, there was, yeah. It was so, linear, yeah. and it was focusing. Okay, you need to go to the Hyrule Castle, then you got to go over to the Water Temple, then you go to Death Mountain, and you got to go get this before mm-hmm. you do that. And this yeah. one, it's looking like, hey, it's you know, go wherever you want, wherever you see, that's where you can go. You might run into something that's going to be huge and you have no chance of defeating it and you're just going to have to come back later and hopefully you can beat it later once you've acquired more items or better gear and stuff like that, which is, you know, like we're saying, is like a lot of more modern RPG and even some action-adventure games nowadays. So, I haven't noticed a lot about this, but is there a level system in it? Uh, it doesn't appear so. Um, weapons... I know weapons have different grades and like damage mm-hmm. ratings. Like a stick will be four damage rating, and like a rusty sword will be like a ten or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. So far, yeah. Nintendo has said that every weapon in the game um, can be broken and like can be worn down. And I assume it, when you get the master sword, that one might be able to get worn, but probably not broken. But it seems like you know any so. any weapon that any enemy has, Nintendo's saying you can grab that weapon. And, like, yes. if you defeat a, like, Baboblin that has, you know, a club, and his club will fall on the floor, and then one of the other 
Bobblins can come over and grab his club if it's better than the weapon they're currently using. So, like, really cool uh, weapon system like that, which I think it will be really interesting because we're used to, you know, okay, I got the first sword, and it's my precious sword, and I hold on to it until I get the next sword, and then <laughs> yep. I use that, and then yep. hopefully I can get another upgrade. And so very different from what we've seen before. Yes. So, but I don't think they're, they haven't unveiled any kind of, like, skill tree or actual, like, link customization upgrade or anything like that, which I kind of hope they stay away from. Um, I like the idea of upgrading his armor and weapons, but I don't really want to be upgrading the character. Um, yeah, but well, it looks we'll like... See. no. You no do, perks or anything yet. Yeah, you do get different, like, um, <laughs> abilities for your Sheikah Slate, which is kind of yeah. like your little, like, Navi map type item, it looks like, this game. And, like, the ones we saw in the demo was there was a magnet one where you could, like, pick up heavy objects and move them around. Um, you could use one that would freeze items or other things. Like, one really cool thing I saw was there was this puzzle. It was, like, a physics base where you had to basically break down this wall, but if you kind of threw the giant rock into it it wouldn't break the wall so what he actually did is he froze the rock in place took a hammer and smashed the um, rock with full power like five times and then unfroze it and it built up all this energy that just went boom and went flying through the wall and so like amazing really cool puzzles like that so i'm sure you'll be able to upgrade and get kind of new skills like that but i don't think it's going to be like you're getting experience for every enemy you defeat, and you have to grind well, and to that's make kind, them strong. That's kind of an interesting, you know, you're talking about that, and the person doing the demo probably did it one way, and you could probably do it a different way. Yeah, totally. The second time you came to it. Which, which I think is cool. Like, that's uh, one of my favorite things about Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, every yeah. mission, there's so many different ways you can solve it, and every experience can be totally different. And I, I, was, I even noticed that on one of the live streams, it was exactly that, Rob, where... Um, the person who was playing it being the, in the other demo was like, wow, like I never thought of being it that way. I did it totally different, like crazy. <laughs> so it's yeah. cool. And then I guess another thing that we should also mention just really quickly here, since we're about five minutes till we probably need to switch over to some other side of things. Um, voice acting. This is one of the first Link games or Zelda games where there's almost a full cast of actual voice acting in the game when it's appropriate yeah. of course we'll no, see. Except for link. no link talking except for link. of course no, no link, link for no sure link. which is good i think everyone would write if link talked yeah. um just <laughs> great. that's that's what but, they even said yeah yeah and it's they're talking about having kind of important characters like characters who are presumably important to the story or whatever be able to talk mm -hmm. um they showed in the demo they showed that old man who didn't have voice acting so mm -hmm. not every character is going to have voice acting um but kind of the important ones who drive the story forward and stuff like that I'm, I'm which sure. i think will be good um go ahead jeff yeah I, i'm just saying i i uh, think probably in more of the cutscenes there'll be a lot, lot more yes. voice acting than we're used to um rather than you know some past zelda games have maybe had like one word voice acting like link or Oh, yes. you know something like Jesus that yeah oh. exactly yeah, the, the kind of zelda bump chatter whatever it yeah is. but in yeah yeah in the yeah, opening be... opening of the trailer you know you have zelda uh, or some other Presumably. female yeah. uh talking and giving this whole like line and so maybe that's kind of a feel of what the cutscenes in the game are going to be like so mm -hmm. we'll see yeah, we'll see yep i think it'll be good Cool. Well, uh, we've got about three minutes left here to talk anything E3. Um, any other games uh, you want to give a shout-out of what we're excited for, guys? 
One of the games I thought was interesting, you know, we're talking about open world and open decisions and the ability to do a mission any way you want. One of the games I watched the trailer for, and it was the Detroit Becoming Human or Become yeah. Human. And they showed the trailer and the guy, the I an android of some sort, you know, sort of Blade Runner-esque it looks like Blade Runner Ro- in the Rogue form. androids. And then there's a cop <laughs> android taking cop the rogue android. android down. And he does it one way the first time and fails. And then it goes on and it shows, you know, 12 different possibilities and yeah. all these different variations of how to do that. And I thought that was... I'm hyped about that game, and I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah that game looks really interesting. Um, the people who have made it, um, I think I believe it's Quantic Dreams, have made mm-hmm. some other very like similar experiences where you can do things a variety of different ways, really story-driven. Yeah. Their most famous one is, I think, Heavy Rain. Um, yeah. And their most recent is Beyond Two Souls. I, I haven't played any of those games, but... Um, heard good things. It definitely looks interesting. So. Yeah, I've heard good things about um, Heavy Rain. Beyond Two Souls had some mixed reviews, but well, I uh, I did watch a little bit of the demo, and it was really cool. The person I was watching play it, um, they basically before they went out, like on the patio where the rogue android was that was shown in the trailer, they were able mm-hmm. to kind of investigate around the house. Think almost kind of like Telltale or uh, mm-hmm. the Nor game or something like that, where you're going out and you're investigating, you're gathering clues, and you can kind of do like almost like a Batman detective vision thing where you can kind of replay you know events that have happened in that room and put together clues and he found like a piece of paper that was like oh it was an order form of a new android and so uh you're like oh that's interesting then you look and then he apparently one was ordered and then right next to it was a family photo of that android that was rogue with like the whole family and so like you put together clues and you find out that the father of the family was ordering a new one, and the old one got really offended and upset that he was going to replace. He thought it was going to get shut off. Oh, and, yeah. And that's why he ended up revolting. And so with that knowledge, if you've pieced that part of the puzzle together and you go out there to talk to him, you can totally solve it because you know his backstory and you can talk him down in a different way, which I think is super cool. The more that you kind of investigate and look at different angles, you can find little things that can help you solve it um, a certain way that someone else would. So really cool. More lifelike. More lifelike because it's definitely something that you would, you know, in the decision making, you would take clues and use what you have in order to solve a problem. Yep. All right. Well, we will be right back in about two minutes here with our second part. Stick with us. Thank you. <laughs> 